I'm Callie Lampy, and you are listening to the Surfing Lessons Podcast, where my daddy shares a daily gift with you from the ocean. What's up, guys? Welcome to Surfing Proverbs with Ryan. I am your host, Ryan P. Lampy, and today's surfing proverb is a black man with no wetsuit. Yeah, it is about to get spicy in here. So I was out in the water the other day, and it was like a tornado in the water. It was very stormy. The waves were pretty darn big. It was gnarly. And and the coming in, getting out of the water was very, very tricky where we get in. This area called the arch. It's like a big cereal bowl or more like a toilet bowl that when the waves are pushing, the waves wash over some of the reef and the rocks and the cliffs. And it's like a big toilet cycling in there. And it gets crazy. People are getting wrecked. All kinds of stuff. Crazy stuff happens. And so I'm paddling in for my session the other day. As I'm paddling in, I see this guy on the backside of the cliffs about to get in the water with his board. Actually, I think his board is already in the water. And he had his leash, hold on to his leash. It was a, like a soft top board. And this dude is black. And this dude has no wetsuit. I think he has like these short shorts on. And he's super ripped. Like, 5'10", 6 foot maybe, and um, 220, 230 pounds, 8% body fat. This dude is just pure muscle. And I look at him, and I'm like, I'm paddling in. And it's crazy. Like, I, can't just pad- I, can't get- I can't just paddle in and get in. Like, I have to wait there for 5, 10 minutes to get out. Like, it's, it's a gnarly time and situation to get out of the water. And so I look at him, and I'm smiling. I'm like, dude, what's, what's going on? You know, are you you trying to get in? You need some help. And um, he looks at me. He's like, ah, I just want to want to jump in the water. And <laughs> I look at him. I mean, this is crazy. I'm sitting there bobbing. I'm like, the waves are coming. White, big white waters are come. White water waves are coming. And I'm going back and forward like 10, 15 yards at a time. Like it's is gnarly, getting within 10 feet of the cliffs, the rocks with the big nine six board. Like it's it's gnarly. I'm like, dude, you're you're crazy. What's going on, man? Like, you you want to get in? That's cool. All right. Can I help you? Are you trying to get out to the surf? Can I give you some directions, some guidance, or something? And um, he's like, no, I just want to jump in and paddle around and see what it's like in this area. I've never been to this area before. And I look at him and I start laughing. And um, I said, we're kind of yelling at each other. It's real loud. I said. First, you know you're black, right? <laughs> he starts laughing. And then second, I said, and you have no wetsuit, man. You are crazy. And he starts laughing. And so we're having, and then we start having this conversation from the shore. And well, he's on the shore and I'm, I'm in the water. And then eventually, he gets the nerve. He jumps in the water. And it's like, it's almost like a dog. You throw a dog off the boat. And it just starts going crazy, flipping out like crazy, and trying to figure his bearings. And uh, that's what he, I mean, it's not because him, it's because just the, he's not used to this spot. And the waves, I'm telling you, the waves were fucking crazy. 
And here he is. He's in the water. No wetsuit. I'm freezing. And I have a wetsuit on. He has no wetsuit on. No body fat. I know what that's like. Freezing. Like, I wear a wetsuit thicker than everybody else does. It's cold. And he's, I'm just thinking, like, man, what is going on? So we're sitting, and he's just, like, now he's, like, in survival mode. And we're laughing. And we're talking. We're having a conversation out there while we're both in survival mode, just trying to hang on tight. And we start connecting in the water. And I, I'm like, dude, man, I never seen, never in my life, man, never in my life I seen a black man jump into the water like that. Never. He was just laughing his ass off. He was telling me, he's like, yeah, he's a, I, you know, elite swimmer. He used to swim for, um, swim for the school. I don't want to give out the schools and stuff. I don't want to. Uh, I never got permission for him to you know, give his name out or anything. But yeah, he's a he's a great swimmer and elite athlete. And that's that's him, you know, and he just started surfing, just picked up surfing, and he's just just goofing around, playing around, and getting in the water. And I mean, dude, that's awesome! Like that's so awesome, and it's so crazy at the same time. And we continue to connect. We stood in the we stayed in the water for about ten minutes, cause just trying to wait for the perfect opportunity to get out. And he literally jumps in. We're sitting in for ten minutes surviving, and then I get out, and then I spend the next ten minutes after that trying to help him get out, cause he's. He is just completely um, losing his bearings. Like, it's, it's crazy. Slipping and sliding. Like, it's a, it's a gnarly area with no wetsuit. Like, the wetsuits help cushion the rocks when you're landing on it, falling on your back and stuff. And he's just, like, falling right on the rocks, man. It's, it's crazy. This dude is a monster, a beast. So, anyways, we get out of the water. We start connecting, get to know him. And it was cool. Had a great time. And look forward to a new friendship with this guy. But for me, it really blew me away. It really blew me away because for those who don't know me, see, I've moved 48 times. I've spent multiple seasons of my life trying to be black, basically. I'm going to put it like that. Like, basically, I was black or I wanted to be black so bad that I called myself black and I fit in with the black people. So, basically, my ethnicity is half Vietnamese and half Dutch. No one has ever guessed even one half of my ethnicity. And moving all over the United States, I always try to fit in like a chameleon. I would take pride in fitting in, not just being myself, but fitting in to who I thought were cool. And they could be a group of Mexicans, group of Asians, Asian gangsters, the white, the preps, the smart students, the athletes, the black guys. The, like anything and everything. I was always trying to fit in. And I spent my entire high school season, eighth grade to 12th grade of my life, being black. Like legitimately trying to be black, trying to be completely engulfed into the black culture. And like, I remember I used to love fishing. So I spent most of my time well, smoking weed, playing sports, all that kind of stuff. I eventually got involved in the church when I was a senior, all black church, like all black everything, like Jay-Z, all black everything. And I remember I would love fishing and none of my friends would fish with me. None of them would fish with me. They, they told me they would go with me, but they would stay by the car. I'm like, come on, man, just come down by the river. I got fishing poles for you. We can go fish, have a good time. No, nah, man, I love eating some catfish. I'm not going near the water. Like, the crazy thing is, like, the stereotype 
I'm not going to say it's true, like completely true. It des- definitely does not apply to everyone. But in my experience, my personal experience, I have found a lot of truth in it. And it's really, it's been sad to me. And it's actually caused a lot of disconnect for me because I've always like wanted my friends to join me in the water sports that I love. And it didn't happen with fishing in Alton, Illinois, which this guy, he knew where I was from. He had some friends from my hometown. I was like, dang, this is pretty cool that we meet up. Like this guy, like I just met him at the cliffs here. Inside the military, like in the Navy, in the Army, like there's these swimming, combat training, different swimming trainings where they teach survival for, you know, you take off your blouse and you, like they teach swimming. And my black friends who had to take the class, take the course again and again and again. So I'm not saying black people can't swim. In my experience, there are a lot of them that can't. And a lot of them have been my friends. That's what I will say. And my friends have definitely not liked the water. They don't even want to fish with me from the bank. I have friends that want to visit me. They're like, but we are not going near the ocean. We're not going to the beach. We're not going to the pier. I'm not going to check out those beautiful cliffs. You can send me pictures. Okay. All right. I guess we'll go towards the mountains. But what's crazy is I had this story in my head. And I still do. I had this story in my head that, man, black people just don't go in the water. I mean, at least here, traditionally in America, for the most part, they don't. And for me, that's caused like a lot of, like, I've been sad. It kind of sucks. Like, I'd see, um, like, the only black people I see in the water surfing in the past six to seven years surfing have been, like, Caribbean, you know, Jamaican, Islanders. Like, I never see actual straight-up African-American brother in the water surfing. Maybe, maybe once. I don't. I think it was like, like literally from West Africa, and I wasn't him because there's some surfing that goes on there too. And this guy, I believe, is the first guy. And what it did for me is it completely rocked my story. It rocked my world. I got so pumped up, so excited. We hit it off, had a good time talking. Can't wait to to reconnect with him. But here's the thing: I have these stories. This is just one of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories I have. Stories about people, stories about my mom, dad, wife, children, friends, the church, Christianity, God, school, the government, the president, all these stories I have. And I'm into this world where I'm open to them being broken now. It's never happened before in my life. Not until... 2017, 2018, really, open to these stories being broken and new stories, new possibilities in my life. Where in your life do you have a story that is not serving you? Where across your life, maybe your marriage or your business, there's a story that you're telling yourself that has an underlying frustration to it, an underlying anger or even a blame to it, bleeding into guilt and shame. And it doesn't serve you. It's not wrong. It just doesn't give you what you want. It's not working for you. One of the 
big stories I have with Lucy. We've been married for 12 years now. And a little background on Lucy is she was raised conservative Christian. Very, very conservative. When I met her, she was wearing turtlenecks all the time. Couldn't see her shoulders. Couldn't even see her damn neck. Beautiful neck, covered up. Conservative Christian. And the toll that her particular context growing up took on her sexuality was big, was very big. And 12 years later into having sex, well, we still have lots of stuff that we're working out, lots of stories that are being broken still to this day. And I remember a couple years ago when we really started digging deep for the first time, I say a couple years ago, I think it was about three years ago, three years ago. And if you guys watched this on Ruthlessly Committed, I think she did a whole, we did a whole episode around this. But she had so many stories about sex, about how dirty, wrong, and not just like straight up sex, but like kinky sex, the way God wanted sex to be, the way church wants sex to be, the way that we should have sex, the way we should, the way we shouldn't, and all kinds of parameters inside of that, all kinds of rules, all kinds of right and wrong inside of that. There was not a freedom to it. There was not a love to it. There was just this restriction and a death to it. And I mean, first of all, she had all these stories. But for me, I had this story. One of these big, the big stories that I had all my marriage was that Lucy is never really going to open up for me. Like, like the really kinky stuff that I desire, the really kinky stuff that I would love to do with her, it's just never going to happen. Like, it's just, Lucy's not capable of it. And about three years ago, we started digging deep. We started opening up. We did a lot of work, a lot of work, and a lot of just opening up and a lot of sharing, getting extremely, extremely vulnerable. And we would do this for nights and nights and nights. And then there were periods in the past three years, like we would just share um, every night, like not even have sex, just talk about sex. And so we did a lot of work. But what's crazy is what I what we discovered and what we continue to discover was that all these stories that I told, that I, not even Lucy, but that I told myself about Lucy, of what she's capable of, of what she's not capable of, of what we'll, able, we'll be able to have in our sex life, what we'll be able to enjoy and, man, have just fucking enjoy each other like man and wife the best we can. And the stories that I had that we were not going to be able to do that ever. And I just have to take whatever we have. And that's the best that life had to offer me in my particular situation, in my particular marriage, in my particular relationship with my particular woman. And these stories got shattered again and again and deeper and deeper and deeper levels to them. And I'm telling you, 12 years into marriage or three years after we got really, really deep into doing the work. It's not that we just started three years ago. 
I mean, it's been a life, I mean, it's been a 12 year long journey, but we started getting like really crazy into this stuff about three years ago. And what we discovered was that so many stories were just that. They were just stories and they were hidden by so much frustration, anger, guilt, and shame. Lucy not wanting to owning certain, not wanting to own certain parts of herself, certain parts of her heart and her desire and her lust and her passions inside of her that she would she was taught taught by life, taught by the church, taught by her parents, taught by whoever that they were not acceptable. So she would hide them and put them away and never let them out. She would fool even herself and definitely had me fooled. And we got to break those stories open. Found some amazing stuff. And we enjoyed greater sex than I've ever imagined. Where in your life are you limiting yourself with the story that you are telling? You see, my life experiences... My, yeah, my life experiences, everything I've known and seen and experienced in my life personally has shown me that, hey, black people don't get in the water. That's it. Like the end. Black people just don't get in the water unless they have to. If I would have grown up in West Africa, if I grew up in some other area of the world, I'm sure there's all kinds of areas in the world, I wouldn't have that same story. I wouldn't have that same worldview. But me growing up in the Midwest of America, for the most part, that happens to be my story. That was ingrained in me, that I learned from personal experience, turned out to be a stereotype. And then I turned out to find some truth that was validated in that stereotype. And that became my story. And then I met this guy. I met this incredible man who fucking owns the water. I've never seen a white person or a black person do what he did. <laughs> Fucking jump in there like that. No wetsuit on. Crazy in such gnarly conditions with the limited experience that he had in the ocean. He's great in a swimming pool, but in the ocean. It's like, dude, my hat is off to you. He destroyed my story. Lucy destroyed my story about her. Man, <laughs> I don't know if you watch our show. Well, I guess we haven't shared a whole lot of stuff. I don't want to get too crazy in here. But I will tell you this. Lucy is one kinky bitch. And I am grateful and thankful and excited to be married to her. I'm excited to have sex with her. That is... Yeah, my story has been crushed again and again with her. And it still continues to be. And that's why I'm so excited to be on this journey with her. So where in your life do you need to just pinpoint and crush a story that is not working for you? All right, guys. Whew. I hope you enjoyed this juicy episode. Got a little sex in it, a little African-American stereotype talk in it. Yeah, a little edgy. All right. If you enjoyed this episode... 
want to ask you a favor. Please go to iTunes and leave a rating and a short review from your heart. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode, on the podcast, whatever it is. I've been working my butt off to to sharpen my story skills, my ability to connect and give you guys these lessons from the water, lessons from my life. And I would love to hear what your thoughts are on it, whether it's working for you, whether it's not. There's something more that you want from it, something that's missing for you. I would love to hear it. You downright can't stand it, that's fine. And if you absolutely love it, I'd love to hear that too. All right, guys, that wraps it up. Thanks for being here with me. Thanks for listening. I love you all. And I'll catch you guys tomorrow on Surfing Proverbs with Ryan. Thank you for listening to the Surfing Lessons podcast. For more Lampy craziness, find my daddy on Facebook at Ryan P. Lampy. And have a powerful...